And welcome to Torah Talks Chazak's Tuesday night program with special guests. Tonight we have with us a very, very special guest, Mayor Shimon Eisenberger Shlita, all the way from Barak Park. Welcome. How's the Rav doing? Baruch Hashem. Ah, Chazi Hashem. Welcome to our headquarters. Thank you for all that you do for Klali Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, we're going to hear about it momentarily. And Chazi uh, Hashem, we have a special Torah talk on Hanukkah. And then we're going to be taking, speaking about the secrets of Hanukkah, and it's so exciting. But before we get to tonight's exciting topic, the Rav could give a little bit more of a background about the great work, holy work that the rabbi is involved with, which I got to see. And uh, Chavad, please. So the last few years, I uh, became involved with Bali Tshuva. It's a total pleasure to be involved with individuals like the Bali Tshuva. I was in the office of the Rosh Hashiva of Eishat Torah, Yitzhak Berkowitz, twice. And uh, I shared with Rav Berkowitz that one of the difficulties I have in life is to be around FFBs. FFBs, from from, from from birth. birth. Okay, just making sure I got that. And uh, the Bali Tshuva are so inspiring and so real and so genuine. It's just a pleasure to be around them all the time. And uh, he just smiled to me and he said I could... Identify with you very really, much. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, we're a platform where the Balchuva could land after he finishes yeshiva, transition into the world, get married, establish families, and uh, I love doing my work, and I hope to be able to continue. And this is called the Chabura, with what I understand. The Chabura, base Heshi. Base Heshi, and this is based in Bar Park. Bar Park of all places. Interesting. Ironically. Well, that's a FFB uh, hub. Head hub, yeah, and and you're you're able to find people that have returned to Judaism or Bali Chuba became religious. Like I'm saying, there's a lot of them in that community. So they don't they're not born in Bar Park, obviously. Oh, okay. They come from all <laughs> over the United States. Oh wow! And um, they they're all from different cultures, different places, and what unites us is the growth and the unity and the support that we do for each it's other. It's amazing, literally amazing. Unbelievable. I, I got to see it when uh, our very own Mayor Marka, over here at the Chazak headquarters, shout out to him and uh, all that he does for Chazak, was introduced to us uh, by a friend, of, a mutual friend of ours, Ash Israel, or Ash Israel. And uh, he had his vart, his engagement party. We were all there. And I saw the energy of all the young guys. And I was like, wow, this is a happening place. And I got to meet the rabbi. And Baruch Hashem Yadu Torah, we have to continue the success with all your holy work. Amen. And Bezachim, we should hear Bezachim, the only good news. So uh, like we mentioned, we're going to be speaking about the secrets of Hanukkah. And we all know that the miracle of Hanukkah is that uh, the, the Maccabees uh, overruled the, the Yevanim, the Greeks, and, the, and the, 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 new, the, the small outdid the big. And, uh, and one of the things that we're, we're very big into is uh, against Greek culture and philosophy. Philosophy is a better word. And uh, in Judaism, we're very big into chokhmah, into wisdom. And the question is, what's wrong with Greek philosophy? They had a lot of chokhmah. Like, uh, you know, the Gemara says that chokhmah uh, begoim tamin. You should believe in the wisdom of the nations of the world. So maybe Rabbi could explain it a little bit to us. Okay. So over the course of time, I've uh, came upon this idea. It's really fascinating. I'm happy to share it. The Maral has a sefer on Hanukkah. It's special for Hanukkah. It's called Sefer Ner Mitzvah. The candle of mitzvah. In the sefer, he has very deep concepts, and we tried to break it down. 
And I came upon this idea. So we'll start with a little bit of a numbers game. We like numbers games. Because uh, gematria, which is ah, numerical value numerical of values. words, yes. really brings out the essence of what's happening, scratching the surface. So the Maral says that the Yavanim, the Greek, which are Yavan, were able to defile all the shemen of the Beit HaMikdash. All the oil, yeah. All the oil, and they were successful in contaminating all the oil besides for one pach shemen, one flask of oil that was laid away with the seal of the Kohen Gadol. Right. So the Maral tries to make sense in the numbers and say Yavan is strong, but there's something that they're not strong enough with and they're not able to get to that level. So the Maral says as follows. We know that the Beit HaMikdash had two parts, the Oil Ma'id, which is the outer sanctuary, right. and the Kodesh Kadashim, which is the inner sanctuary. The Holy the, of Holies. The Holies of Holy, where the Kohen Gadol entered on the day of Yom Kippur. <clears throat> and only he was allowed to enter there, and nobody else was allowed. Now, the word for the external sanctuary is called Hechal. Right. Maral says Hechal, the numerical value, is 65. Maral says, but Yavan was able to contaminate everything in the Hecha. Right. So Yavan is one number more than the Hecha. If you, you count the numerical value of Yavan, it's Yud Vav Nun, is 66. Huh. 66 is one more than 65. They were able to overcome the Hecha. But we have to come with a strength, and we have something that's above and beyond their strength which is the holiness, the Kodesh Kadashim, the holiest of the holy. And we come with that strength, which the Maral says is the secret of the Kodesh Kadashim. The Pach Shemen was laid away with the seal of the Kohen Gadol. Kohen is Gematria, 75. 10 more than 65 is 75. Maral explains that everything that has to do with the number 10 is corresponding to the concept of Kedusha, of holiness. So you have the tenth, Maiser Behema, you have to tithe the animals, tithe 10%. your money. And everything, the tenth is Kodesh, Asiri Kodesh, the tenth is holy. holy. So if we have 65, we need to overcome 65, or overcome Yavan, we need to go to the next level, which is 75. Kohen is 75. Now the Maral gives you another caveat. He says, if you write the word Heichal and you put the Tzere, the Nakuda, under the He, you could read the He, He Yud. So the word Heichal is 65, but if you add that little Yud that's hidden, that's you're going to have another 10. So there is that <laughs> flask of oil that's hidden in the Kodesh Kadashim, where only the Kohen has access to it. He is 75. And therefore... The Kohen comes and he overcomes Yavan. So Yavan is able to have access to the Hechal, is able to defile the Hechal, they're stronger than the Hechal, but they're not stronger than the Hechal with the Yud that is in the Kodesh But this is numbers and this yeah. is kind of cryptic. It's like, what does this all mean? <laughs> so how does it answer our question? Yeah, right. so. so first, before we go on, Kohen is 75. Right. We know that the, the nature 
is seven days. The world was created in seven days. Everything to do with nature has to do with the number seven. Eight is always supernatural. Shemini is Shemen is eight. It means above Teva. Hanukkah is eight days because we were able to overcome something. And the Kohen is 75. 75 is that number that's in between seven and eight. 75, seven and a half, 7.5. So it's between seven and eight where the Kohen was able to bridge the supernatural with the natural. The Kohen's job was to go into the Kodesh Kodeshim on Yom Kippur and every day of the year and bring Jews closer to Aviyam Shabbat to their Father in Heaven. So how does this relate to Hanukkah and how do we understand this? So there's one more source and then we'll get to explaining a little bit better. Yeah, beautiful. It's coming together. I love it. The Svasemas writes that there's another word that's Gematria 66 and that's the word Galgal. Gimolamed, Gimolamed. What is Galgal? So it's perhaps the greatest invention in the history of human human beings, the world, is the invention of the wheel. Without the wheel, we wouldn't get anywhere. I wouldn't be able to come to Queens, to Rabbi Yaniv. The, the, the wheel is perfectly round. Galgal is Gimolamed, Gimolamed 66, the same like Yavan. So Asamas tells you Yavan is Gematria Galgal. So what is the concept of Gal Gal? What is Gal? Let's first take the word apart. What's Gimalamed? So Gimalamed means reveal. Gal. Mm. Reveal. If you say Gal Gal, it means reveal for the sake of revealing. So I looked up online and I found that the Greek philosophy, and the Greek has the most beautiful architecture, they have the most beautiful Structures, structures, and and, uh, and uh, they're into the they worship the art. Right. The Greek believe their belief system is that art art is there for the sake of art, not that it's revealing something that's internal. If we see something beautiful, we say must be there's something inside that's hidden and that it's being revealed. The Greek believe let's worship the art. Let's just worship the external. Let's see the art as a means to an end, something that has its own significance. Gal-gal means reveal for the sake of revealing without any other intention, without any other motive. We know that when Hashem created the world, He needed to create a vacuum, create a place where human beings could exist. Because before the world was created, we know from the Sfarim that everything was godly. The whole world, the world was permeated, was totally taken over with Hashem's glory. In order to create human beings with Bechira, with free choice, and an ability to deny the existence, to question the existence, we need to create a balance. So, so to speak, Hashem needed to evacuate Himself, create this vacuum, which the Ramban in Bereshit says it's called, in the, he quotes the Greeks, and he says it's called Hiuli, which is potential, which is a vacuum, a place where humans can exist. This, this creation is called the Kadur Haaretz. It's the ball of the earth. 
Everybody agrees that this earth is round mm-hmm. and everything that we see is rounded. Everything is galgal. Galgal hachozer ba'olam. Everything is round. But when Hashem took the world and created this vacuum, created this place for potential, we need to bring some light into the world mm-hmm. because if not, how are we going to find Hashem? So afterwards, Hashem brought in the light into the world and that was in the shape of a line. What's the difference between a circle and a line? What's the difference between something that's round and something that's a line? A circle has no point of origin and no point of destination. We're just going saviv saviv. You're going around and around. And some people in the world, they're just going round and round. The line has a point of origin and a point of destination. So when Hashem, so to speak, created the world, the way the Svarim explained, Hashem evacuated and vacuumed this world from His light, so to speak, whatever we can understand in this subject. And then afterwards, He said, let me bring back the light, but in a restricted way, so that it's exactly balanced. And if somebody wants to find Hashem, He could. If somebody wants to deny, He's welcome. And it's free. It's exactly Bechira. So when we talk about Yavan, we talk about the Greeks. If Yavan is the gematria, the numerical value of 66, and we know that the Greeks worship the external part of the world, we know that they worship the arts, art for the sake of art. So they're studying the external part of the world, they're worshiping that, they idolize that, and that is their life. So, so to speak, if we want to go a little deeper, we'll say they just tap into the part where Hashem created the world round, and they're able to just go continue round and round, and they don't have to tap into Hashem's world. The Maimonides in Guide to the Perplexed writes that Aristotle knew everything from the Kadur Hashemayim, from the Galgal Hashemayim, till the Kadur Aretz. He knew everything. But he didn't know anything beyond that. He only knew whatever he was able to experience and whatever he was able to visualize and touch and, and see. But nothing, nothing beyond for that. Beyond of that. When we wage war against Yavam, what we're doing is we're trying to bring in that line, that godliness into the world where we understand that besides for things being external and round, they also have there's something here that's a point of origin, point of destination. There is a connection between Israel, between the Jew and his, and his father in heaven. And we know that the world is being controlled by Hashem. Wow. So to take it a step further. Very, very, very powerful. Ah, step further. Okay. One step further. So where does Yavan originate from? Who is the father of Yavan? So the Torah says, B'nai Yafes, the children of Yafes. One of the children is Yavan. Yafes is one of the children of Noach. Noach had three children. Shem, Ham, and Yafes. We know that Ham is out of the picture. He was cursed because of the act that he did. Then we have Shem and Yafes. So after the Mabel, the Torah tells us a story about Noach. He felt bad about what happened. He planted a vineyard. He should have planted something else. By he drinks from the wine. By Yishkan, he gets inebriated. However, we can understand Noach was the big tzaddik. 
He became revealed. So now we have a job. The two children of Noach see what happened and they say, we got to take care of the situation. So Rashi says that Shem and Yefes took the talit, they took the cloak, and they went backwards and they... Rashi says, but there's a big difference between Shem and Yefes. Yefes did the mitzvah and he did it ethical. He, he says, let me do what's right. Let me do what's proper. Shame, it says in Rashi, he did the mitzvah with more alacrity, with more zest, with more zeal, with more neshama. So Rashi says, shame got the mitzvah, shame as a reward, got the talit of tzitzis. He gets the prayer shawl. Right. And Yefes, as a result, he gets kavura. He was able to be buried in the What's the difference, the Gra of Vilna says, what's the difference between Kavura and Tzitzit? <clears throat> Both of them cover the body. But Tzitzit covers the life, the hmm. person that's alive, and Kavura is covering for the, for the body without a soul. That's so the Tzitzit is for the Neshama and the Guf together, and the Kavura is there just to bury the, the dignity of the body. But it's a body without a soul, it's just physical. So we see that Yefes was very smart. Yefes is the father of Yavan. But what was he focused on? He was focused on the, the body, the external, the physical body. Shame was focused on the neshama. He did it with more zest, with more alacrity, with neshama, with geshmak. And he said, not only is it ethical, I need to do this because this is godly, this is shame. And there, therefore, Shame became the Shemites, mm. us Jews, and Yefes became the Greek. And that's where they get their beauty, because their grandfather, Yefes, did this wonderful act. Powerful. Unbelievable. Like, putting it all together, it's just like... <laughs> so now we understand why we don't follow Greek philosophy, because they have, in essence, no point, like the rabbi was saying... And it's like, oh God, just going around and around. And the main focus is the goof, is their body, and not uh, not what we believe in, which is the neshama, which is the soul. Right. Amazing. And Amazing. another interesting gematria Ah, numerical values. We love that. Yefes. Yes. Is the beauty. Yefe. Yefe, beauty. beauty. And in fact, the Gemara says, Yafta lukim li Yefes. Hashem gave beauty. The Torah says, Hashem gave beauty to Yefes. Viyishkon ba'alei shem. But the beauty of Yefes dwells in the tents of shame. So do we have a place for Yefes in, in Judaism? Do we have a place for beauty? Or is it like we don't do beauty? We don't do Greek philosophy? Well, we Inside the house, according to what, what the rabbi is saying. So the Gemara says that we should beautify mitzvahs. Ah. Uh, a nice lulav. The four species that we shake on sukkah should be beautiful. The mezuzah should be beautiful. The sefer Torah should be beautiful. The shul should look beautiful. Be'anveyu, ze'kele v'anveyu, I beautify, this is my God, I beautify, and this is coming. So, yafyafisa shel yafes, the beauty of yafes is incorporated in the Ohal Hashem. Just an interesting concept. In the sukkah, we have something called noi sukkah. Beautify the sukkah. If we take the word noi and we flip it, what do you get? Yavan. Yavan. Yavan wants to take the beauty 
and just make a means to an end for itself. And we do, and we make we flip Yavan, and we make a noise. Right. Okay? We beautify mitzvot. And if you look at the word Yavan, it's a yud, it's tiny. Then the vav is a little longer, and then the nun is all the way long. Which means the yud is always the chachma. Yud is wisdom. Yud is the beginning of every letter in the Hebrew alphabet, in the aleph base. But Yavan is stretching down the vav. They're just pulling it down, and then they pull down the nun. So you have that process of externalizing things and not connecting to the yod, which is the godliness. What we do is we take the long nun and we do noi. We, make, we, we, we take the, the beauty of the world and we say, what's the beauty for? It's for the vav, for the yod. So it's all, it's all there to beautify Hashem and Hashem's world. Beautiful. I mean, that was so inspiring, Rabbi Eisenberger. I love it. Kishmak, as they say in Barabark, I think. <laughs> Just to add to the Rabbi's chidush, the insight about Shem, Cham, Yafet, Noach, children. It says you should be like them, meaning learn a lesson from their names. Because Noach was comfortable, it made everyone feel comfortable. Noach backwards is Chain, which was charming. Shem is you should have a good name. Cham, you should be warm. Yafet, you should be nice. These are lessons from the names of the Torah. I know Parsha Noah was many weeks ago, but still we could always learn something from these amazing, interesting uh, uh, insights from the Torah, the Holy Torah. Very, very powerful, Rabbi. Yavan, Noi, after Bezichem, always go up. Okay, beautiful soul. So we have to scratch the surface. We yes. have to see beyond the surface. So Yefes is the numerical value of Pach Shemen. Nice. Pach Shemen means the jug of oil, the, the, the external part, the jug. Oh. Shem is Gematria near Hanukkah. Oh, wow. So Shem has that Adifot. He supersedes Yefes because, besides for having the jug, the jug. he also yeah, brings the near Hanukkah. So, Hanukkah, this is fascinating that Hanukkah teaches us that the external is beautiful and it's something that we could incorporate in Judaism. But not to worship the external. Have it in the mitzvot, in the, in the positive commandments that we have. Amazing rabbi. So let's jump into an uh, interesting topic of, uh, of, uh, of uh, you know, subganiyot jelly donuts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're talking about the secrets of Hanukkah. So most uh, of us understand that the reason for subganiyot is because it's filled with oil. And the nays and the miracle was because of the, like the rabbi said, the, the jug of oil that was found that was not contaminated. So is there anything more that we can learn from Sufganiyot, from having jelly donuts on Hanukkah? Yeah. All my kids are like into it and there's the jelly and there's the chocolate and there's the vanilla and the custard and there, all these different types. <laughs> so to be a little humorous, in my opinion, if we would take a wick and put it into the Sufganiyot, it's going to oh. burn for eight days straight. <laughs> because of all the oil. The oil. <laughs> But according to this idea, we could kind of bring it down and say, look, in all generations, even the less affiliated Jews, everyone, everyone eats jelly donuts. Yeah, everywhere. It's, yeah. It's, so if you look at the shape of the sufganiyah, not the jelly one, it's round. but the one that's round and it has that hole in the middle. So maybe on Hanukkah, we have to just eat those donuts because what we're trying to do is consume that idea. Back to what the Rebbe was Of being in that saviv, in that, in that round, without a point of origin, point of destination, being in the world and just revolving. That's something that we have to fight. So we eat the donuts on Hanukkah with the hole in the middle <laughs> to get rid of that, uh, 
Interesting, right? So maybe I could add to that that uh, there's also the minhag, the custom of plating with uh, dreidel, which is, you know, galgal. It's uh, round and round, sivivon. But uh, we all know the reason is because uh, the Greeks uh, forbade the Jewish people from learning Torah. But, you know, a Jew without learning is like a fish without water. It's like oxygen. So they had to learn. They wanted to learn. And whenever they would, quote, unquote, be caught, they would put it to the side and they would be say, oh, we're playing with the dreidel. We're playing a game. But maybe there's more to that, Rabbi. Okay, so the dreidel has two parts. The dreidel goes round and round. Right. Which is symbolic of the Greek philosophy. Gal, gal. Right. Like Saviv. we've been talking about. David HaMelech says in Tehillim, Saviv Rishayim Yishalachun. They're showing that just going round and round. round, and round. They're not. Go- they don't have a point of origin, point of destination. So the dreidel also goes round and round, and that's what they played when the Ivanim came around to show right. that they're. But there's something that the dreidel's revolving around, and that's that little line on the, the line. top. <laughs> and we it's coming together so beautifully. Wow! It spins around. It all rotates around that point of axis, where everything is revolving around this nukuda, this line which is the line that we said when Hashem created the world, he brought the godliness in after that, after that circle, mm. after the vacuum, Hashem brought it back in with that line. And that's the, in my, in my idea, this is the primiot, the inside secret of the dreidel. Powerful, amazing, amazing. Another thing with the dreidels, we know that the letters is uh, spelled the word Goshna, which is uh, in Mitzrayim, uh, the Yaakov Vino and his children. They went to Kosha, which was a yeshiva. So this world going round and round, but to have a place, a yeshiva to go to. Yehuda made sure to bring the Torah into, into Mitzrayim. Exactly. exactly. That's what we have to do. Wherever we are, Rabbi, every single That's word beautiful. is a gem. We're enjoying every, so much from it. <laughs> but we have a custom, a minhag, uh, a Torah talks. One final message uh, that you could uh, enlighten us. Okay, so... I was learning this with the Chabura guys, and one guy came up. He's like, Rabbi, on every uh, device that we have, every machine, every computer, there's an on and off button. And what's the sign of the on and off button? You have the circle and the line. Oh. <laughs> so he, he did the, his uh, due diligence, and he studied why is the on and off button a circle and a line? If you look, the circle is the off button. And the line is the on button. So we have it embedded in all our devices. The off and on button. The circle is the off button. You want to go, you want to turn yourself off in life? Just go, go in circles. Galgal. Galgal. You want to turn yourself on? Tap in. To godliness. To Barashat. To godliness. Wow, Rabbi Eisenberger. What chidushim. What insights. Beautiful how it all comes together. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Someone inspiration. Thank you for giving us the opportunity. Thank you for all that you do for Klaise, for the Jewish people. Continue that slachat success with spreading the light, Amen. spreading the message. Uh, what an amazing Hanukkah message. Hanukkah Smeach to all of you. We want to thank uh, the rabbi for coming all the way down here for all the great work that you're involved with. We give a shout out and a thank you to Tarani Time who uh, hosts this uh, Torah Talks along with all the other podcasts and platforms. Uh, you, every single one knows who they are and uh, we appreciate the feedback. We get tremendous feedback. 
And we want to give a shout out to dailygiving.org. The day goes very, very far away. Shout out to Mayor Marco for the shidduch, for connecting Mazel us. Mazel to Mayor. Mayor, Mazel to Mayor as well. And a, sh- amen, amen. a shout out to uh, Nathan Behar behind the camera and Rabbi Abolf and Nathan Abolf and Izzy and uh, the entire Chazak team. And uh, we want to remind everyone every single Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Chazak Torah Talk and special guest. What an amazing Hanukkah Torah talk we just had with Rabbi Eisenberger. Afreilich and Hanukkah Torah. Afreilich, I know that word, yes. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. And we should all see each other with the Gulash Tamat, the Kalit Redemption. Shekam be'mirav, we'ain't a spiel in our days. Amen, amen. Amen. Chazak, Rabbi, yalla. That was it.